time for the Malloy Drive Show podcast. Make every race this spring carnival even more exciting with Ladbrokes. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. Okay, Australia, you know him. You can count on him. I'm a 50-50 chance. You love him. Hello. Go to the top shelf, ladies. And now, it's his show. Here we go, people. This is Malloy. Hello, Australia. Welcome to the special Cup Eve Ooh. edition of Malloy. Here we go. Going right around Australia, Dave. Hello, Mickey. Champagne flute in <laughs> hand. <laughs> You'd win fashions on the field Thank if you had you. your pants on. <laughs> right now, make no mistake. What a great show we've got Huge. lined up for you today. Uh, well, a couple of the greats. Ross Noble live from the UK, currently awesome. on tour. Always a pleasure to oh, check in the best. with Ross. He's always up to something. <laughs> and, of course, Triple M have secured the cricket rights. This is huge. And one of the big guns on deck is Ian Beefy, both of them. Wow. And he's going to join us wow. on the show today to talk Triple M cricket, seven cricket, and appearing on the front bar cricket special. Oh, well done. So he's going to be busy. Do I call, call him Sir Ian? Yeah, he's a lord well, he's too, a I lord think, isn't he? Too. A lord, sir, what do you do? or just beefy? <laughs> Ask hard him. choice. Ask him. He's going right, to come we'll up to the moment. That's going to be a huge show between the sheets as well. Right. right. About Let's people. get into it for a big Monday Cup Eve. This is Malloy. Triple M Cricket. Here we go. Is here. Paul as we're back, rocking the ashes. Come that Tongs. <laughs> Hold it! Tip for a knocked him over! And this year, we've got the best in the business. Have some of that. Tubby. He's given in! We're Triple M, we can do what we like. Haddon. Shouldn't go down as a drop because he didn't even get near it. <laughs> and even royalty in Lord Ian Botham. Can you imagine what would happen in England for his 42 degrees? <laughs> You'll see what a lobster looks like when it's been boiled. <laughs> this summer from December 8. Dead, what a catch! Game on, Moles. Triple M rocks cricket. Yeah, all, rise, hey. all rise in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. think it's on call This is here. a big day. Triple M rocks cricket once again this summer. We're calling every ball of the ashes. The one day is versus New Zealand as well. Uh, so far, the team has been announced, Mickey. Uh, Mark Taylor. Yeah. James Brayshaw. Mark Howard. Greg Blewett, Merv Hughes, Brad Haddon, Isabel Westbury, and our next guest. to the great man, Sir Ian Botham, who joins us now. How are you, Beefy? Are you good? I'm good, Mick. How are you? I'm very good, because you're a lord as well. You're, mm. you're a knight of the realm, mm. also honorary Australian, which I know you don't particularly <laughs> like, but what do you like to be addressed as or associated yeah. with? Mate, I think Beefy will suffice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Beefy does. Hard to yeah. go past Beefy. You if we want to go really posh, we can go sirloin. <laughs> yeah, medium rare, please. <laughs> All rise for sirloin. That would be an amazing moment. Hi, I know you're a fan of the Queen and, and royalty, as you should be, mm. as a proud member of the UK. Could you tell me what happens when you get knighted? Do you have a chat with her? Yeah. Just her word on the street is she's kind of fond of you. Well, um, we had quite a long chat. She did two or three minutes, which is a long time yeah. when you think that Number two in line uh, after her uh, retiring private secretary, um, and then it was me, and the, we were the two getting knighted. And she did ninety-nine people that morning. Wow! Yeah, with every single one, she's remarkable. She really is. She's remarkable. incredible, and I hope she's okay because yeah. there she did spend a night in hospital. What's the mood on the ground yeah. over there? Are we worried about her Majesty? Well, the, what we're hearing is that they ran out of time to do the tests, and she didn't want to go back to Windsor. And they said, okay, well, we'll continue if you don't mind going into the night. And so that's what I'm hearing. But at the end of the day, uh, Her Majesty is 95 years of age. Yeah. Yeah. And itself is remarkable. She's just lost her husband. Yeah. She's bound to have a few highs and lows, I would think. I think she's remarkable. Very popular. Mm. So you're coming out here and you work for a couple of my alma maters, which is Triple M and Channel 7. You'll be on board for both of those and you'll be coming on our Front Bar Cricket special. Oh, wow. Um, I consider the Ashes to be the greatest sporting contest in the world. I I know there are other rivalries mm. and I know there are different things, but this is a contest that goes on over five days over a complete summer and someone ends up in tears. <laughs> this one, we brought it to the table kicking and screaming in some of the most incredible circumstances the world has ever been exposed to. 
Give us your thoughts uh, on the eve of another epic Ashes series. Well, I hope I'm passing you the box of Kleenex at the end of it. To <laughs> yes. Tears away. Realistically, um, Australia are going to be red hot favourites. Well, I'd be amazed if they're not. Yeah. But I just remind Australia of one thing. Just go back to 86 7, when we were written off totally England and uh, it was all wrapped up by the end of the Melbourne Test. Yeah. Yeah, that's the beauty of the Ashes, though. You're a brave person to stick your neck out and say, oh, you're going to get hammered or whatever. I mean, there's always the chat and the banter. Yes. The, the truth of the matter is, the Ashes is, as you say quite rightly, and that's why it's called test cricket. You know, it tests everything, in physical, mental, ability, stamina, everything that goes with a five-day tournament. So I wouldn't write England off by any means, and I think anyone that does is uh, probably... Had too much sauce the night before because <laughs> you know, mate, I'll be honest with you, you know, the Ashes, one flash of brilliance can change it all for a team. It's happened throughout the history of the Ashes. I, I think that will continue. Beefy, Ben Stokes last week announced he'll be on the tour for the Poms. This could be a game changer. Is he match fit? Yeah, to be honest with you, he was always going to go. Right. Once he had that second operation on the finger and they took the pins out, he tried to play with the pins in, which just didn't work. And then I think it got to him and he had a break and decided, you know, I'm going to spend some time with the family, do some uh, things I want to do for a few weeks. So he missed the end of the series in the summer here. But having said that, that's a, I think that was exactly the right thing to do. Get yourself right, get prepared. Uh, there's no no fun playing when you, you know, you've, you've got a real problem and he had a major problem with that finger. He's got that right now. He's had the operation. Uh, he was in the nets virtually hours after having the operation. Unbelievable. Just, so, mate, uh, uh, he's on the plane and um, he's hungry. He'll be hungry as a player. That's a game changer, right? That mm. moves the needle and that will strike fear into the hearts of anyone in the Australian camp because they've been on the receiving end of it already. A, a one test series turned into a drawn test series thanks to the heroics. Of that man there. All right, Beefy, don't go anywhere. More from the great man yeah. after this. It's Malloy on Triple M. Driving you home, this, this is Malloy. Triple M rocks cricket this December, and we're joined by a legend of the game. So, Ian, Lord Ian Beefy, both are with us right now. There's so much to talk to you about, even beyond the ashes. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick ones. You lived with Viv Richards. I did do, yeah, for about 10 years. That is unbelievable. Wow. I'm trying to imagine the two Home, Vivian. <laughs> what kind of... Were you playing for Somerset at the time? Yeah. yeah. Pot of tea, love. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I hope you're going to wipe that up, Vivian. Were you, were you naming your food in the fridge? Yeah. What, talk us through the average day and home with Vivian. Well, there wasn't a lot of food in the fridge, I can assure you. That. <laughs> right, uh, there was a few uh, Guinnesses. There was a few bottles of wine. And there's a few tonics chilling down with a couple of sliced up lemons in there. Apart from that. No, ice. We had lots of ice. Yeah. Oh, I bet you did. That would have been a fun household. Uh, the original odd couple, yes. I would have thought. True yeah. or false? You once deliberately ran Jeffrey Boycott out. True. <laughs> so I love this. Now, Jeffrey Boycott, when we talk about you were such a dynamic player mm. and you, you that's why we love you so much. And you you weren't there for a haircut. You came out and it was battle stations. Mm. On the other hand, Jeffrey Boycott was a very dour English cricketer, the type that the Aussies love to hate. So tell me what the circumstances were that goaded you into deliberately running Jeffrey Boycott out. Well, that's that's one of my three stories gone then for the uh, <laughs> triple episode. I'll say this, you know, you know I see Jeffrey quite a lot. Yeah. And I have to say, it's a bit like Vegemite, and I actually like him. I get on well with him. He's <laughs> okay. um, been a very loyal friend to me over the years. Uh, you know, he has his moments. Yes. But sure. um, that's Jeffrey. But uh, no, look. To be honest with him, he, he was. He, we needs to win a game. He was out there boring the pants off everybody in the ground, including us in the dressing room. Thirty-five balls for three runs when we're trying to set a total. So I got the tap on the shoulder from the vice captain, and, and uh, he just said to me, "When you get out there, run him out." So, <laughs> But when I, I'll tell you the whole story, Mick, over a bottle of wine. No, you tell me over a bottle of wine, uh, and I know you do like a good bottle of wine, probably after a day on the golf course, which I'm sure you'll make plenty of time to have a hit. Mm. Before we go, uh, Beefy, you are now officially the British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson's trade envoy to Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, very proud of that position. Um, looking forward to working uh, with a lot of good people down in Australia. 
I think my job basically is to open doors and introduce people to the right people. And mm. I have that many friends in Australia. And um, yeah, I, I, I was delighted to take the task on. It would give me something else to do. And uh, <laughs> and something to get my teeth into. I believe uh, Scott Morrison has just named Booney the Australian <laughs> envoy to the English government. So if you two can get together and have a good chat. It'll be fun. Well, we'd have a good, yeah, we'd have a good time. I don't know about the chat. <laughs> yeah, we, well, you would. And, and, and Booney, on his way to England, could try and break his own record. <laughs> what is it? 52 cans. Now, that's an Aussie envoy. Well, mate, to be honest with you, you've got to remember one, one other thing, though, that he's still claiming three extra points from when he were in uh, the airport. So uh, <laughs> in transit. So it's actually possibly 55. Not oh, he's um, claiming three in transit. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff. That's brilliant. Thanks for your time today, mate. We always love speaking to you. Welcome back to Triple M. Yeah. I, I had the great pleasure of working with you and then uh, working afterwards with you at uh, any bar that would have us. And uh, you're a gentleman and I enjoyed your company very much. It'll be great to have you back out here for Channel 7, Triple M, and for the front Bar special. Are you going to tip the tip the palms at this stage? Oh, <laughs> uh, seven nil. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Good on you, mate. Uh, listen to all the action right here on Triple M Cricket. Thanks for your time today, Sir Beefy. Pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. For the drive home, this, this is Malloy. Let's have the great Ian Botham on, who, by the way, will be rocking cricket this summer for Triple M, which is great. So, yeah, absolutely. Great news for the House of M's. You great bet. news for cricket fans. Uh, Triple M do a cracking job. Wait. And he's one of the best blokes I've ever met. I had the great pleasure of yep. you know, hanging out hanging out with yeah. him. And he's, he's just a terrific fellow. Mm. I should have asked him, and I forgot to ask right. him, about him and Bumble, often his on-air Foil. Co, yeah, uh, co-host. Yeah. Together they're hilarious. <laughs> the time that they discovered that Merv Hughes had done a walk for charity, and yes. let's remember yeah. Beefy has walked across countries. He's yeah, traced yeah. Hannibal's steps. He's done some of the biggest walks in the world and the it, this hysterical moment uh, when they discovered what was going on. Have a listen. He's arriving soon, Mumble. Who is? Australia's biggest pest, Merv Hughes. Hercules transporter, I've heard. They're bringing him in. <laughs> I've got a story for you. you t- how many walks have you done? Uh, 15, I think. Yeah, and, and I know you've done one, like John O'Groats to Land's End. That's a fair way. How many miles is that? 1,000, give or take. It, and, you know, we're talking big miles. You know what Merv did? You know his walk, his charity walk? He did one. I'm sure he was taking the mickey out of you. He's done a charity walk. From Melbourne Railway Station to the MCG, which is about a quarter of a mile. <laughs> he had all these people with him, thousands of people behind him. I'm doing a charity walk. Where are you walking? I thought he's going to be walking like Melbourne to Sydney. But no, he said, I'm going from the station to the G. Here it is. Not impressed by Merv's attempt quite the same, to horn in on it. All right, there it is. Malloy on Triple M. The program to it. This is Malloy. Yeah, by the way, the cheap seats is back tomorrow night, eight thirty on Channel Ten. Shooting and, uh, the lights out, it doing is very great well. Show. It's been uh, picked up for another season. Oh, that's awesome! I believe news. over there, a very good work, Channel Ten. In the meantime, it's our Cup Eve special, it is. and uh, we like to talk all things Melbourne Cup orientated. Who better to do that with than the great Titus O'Reilly, uh, who Titus. would have seen a few Melbourne Cups in your time? Yeah, have you ever had a big win, Titus, on the Melbourne Cup? I had twenty cents each way on Kiwi back in uh, the eighties. <laughs> I'm still living off. <laughs> As a child, I at school. How's this? This is when schooling in Australia was great. Mm. Our teacher, I think I was in grade four. Or five had a sweep, a Melbourne Cup sweep. We had to pick the names out. I had Think Big, and I got Think Big, right. and uh, one like I don't know, like a ham sandwich or something. Well done. But it, it, uh, it it got me off on the gambling trail. <laughs> uh, so I thought, oh, this is easy. What could go wrong? And my biggest win, Titus, uh, was Vintage Crop, and it's still the most controversial thing that's ever happened to me because I had a friend who was doing a veterinary course in Edinburgh. And he was hanging out with the Irish trainers. He rang me up. He said, get on vintage crop. This is about six months out. Mm. 33 to 1. Put $1,000 on it. Mm. Apparently forgot to tell all my friends. <laughs> so when it wins and I'm in, loaded, oh, of course. they go, well, where was the tip? And I gave them the frigging tip. But it's still to this day, if the name vintage crop comes yeah. up, it's a polarising. 
event. I had a very good friend who told me one year, this is who wins MasterChef, go put all your money on it tomorrow. Yes. And then I'd forgot about it and about four weeks went by till MasterChef ended and I just didn't put a bet on and then someone else won in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've dodged a bullet there. Talk us through the Melbourne Cup. What do we need to know? Yeah. We presume you've come to this country and you know nothing about mm. it. What, what's the deal? Well, even more than that, this is a story most Australians don't know but I think is one of the great Australian stories. And it's the story of the guy that invented the Melbourne Cup. So the guy whose idea the race was. Oh, okay. And his name was Frederick Charles Standish. Yep. He came out to Australia in 1852 from England because he was an aristocrat who had spent his family fortune and debtors were chasing him. <laughs> so he changed his name and fled to Australia. Great. And lived on the gold fields, and he lived on like as a as a complete hiding out from right. People. That's it. I'm I've gone missing. So he's gone missing so much so that he was he started off a fake grog, an illegal selling grog <laughs> business. This is hilarious. Yes, but under the guise of a ginger beer company, on the gro- <laughs> so he would go around the gold fields selling illegal beer. And, dr- and various other dr- uh, drinks. Yes. But he was down on his luck. It had been three years and he'd been hiding in the gold fields. And this is a guy that's come from aristocracy, right? Yes. You know, he's used to, he had this huge ha- manor house like out of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, back in yeah, yeah real Downton Abbey stuff. He's, 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 this guy doesn't mind honking onto a cucumber sandwich. That's <laughs> what we're talking. So he then in 1853, a friend of his came out and became uh, the Surveyor General, which was a big position in the colony of Victoria. And Standish went and saw him and said, I'm on hard times. And the guy said, I'll pull a few strings for you and got him a job as Assistant Commissioner for Police on the Bendigo Gold <laughs> wow. So the guy who was selling illegal booze, yeah. so he, he promptly arrested himself. <laughs> uh, so he's been in the country now. He, he operates at the Bendigo Goldfields. He gets moved around a bit. And just six years after arriving in Australia, he finds out that he gets appointed the Chief Commissioner of Police <laughs> for Victoria. It's fantastic. So it's six years to go from being, I'm, I'm running away from my gambling debts, I'm selling <laughs> illegal drugs, to I'm the Chief Commissioner of Police. <laughs> He's apparently, though, the most likeable person in the planet. Like right. He loves to have a drink with everyone. He plays cards all night. He'll yep. stay up till four in the morning. Everyone loves him. And so they, that's partly where got made Chief Commission. So much so he moves into the Melbourne Club, the most exclusive <laughs> club wow. in Melbourne. It's still there. He li- it's still there. He lives there. One night after a card game, he got severely horsewhipped in a drunken fight with another <laughs> Melbourne club member who he said was a good friend of his, so forgave him. But then in another one, he got in another fight with a guy who threw him through the front window of the Melbourne Club. <laughs> And Standish, despite being Chief Commissioner, said, I'm not going to press charges, but I'm having your membership cancelled at the <laughs> Melbourne Club. Wow. <laughs> We've wet the appetite. Yeah, this, is this is like a one of those eight-part oh, radio yeah. serials yes. where we keep the juices flowing. So you've set the stage from his arrival and his progression to now his entree to horse racing. Hold that thought. <laughs> All right. More with Titus right after this. A drive home that's always unpredictable. <laughs> this is Malloy. We're joined by Titus O'Reilly. He's telling this yarn about uh, Frederick Charles Standish, the founder of the Melbourne Cup, and quite a colourful character as well. He was a bootlegger yeah. on the run who became Chief Commissioner of Police on the goldfields and then uh, got horsewhipped at the (laughs) Melbourne Club, thrown out the front window, and now Titus is about to, what, get involved in racing. Yeah, so 1861 he decides, well, one, he combines the two big racing clubs in Melbourne and forms the VRC, which exists to this day. So he was the guy behind that. He then says, we need a new race that's sort of a wait-for-age race over long, you know, distance. So he comes up and proposes the Melbourne Cup, mm. which is suddenly a huge, a huge success. Straight away. So he becomes like the the handicapper and, and like is <laughs> like, the, so the chief can be, he's leading horses into the stalls and things like this, yeah, even though he's the chief of police. <laughs> he then has on the first day of the Melbourne Cup was the day that they sort of discovered, they had a day of mourning because Burke and Wills had been discovered, had died, the famous explorers. Yes. And by chance, Standish was Burke's commanding officer 
and was a pallbearer at his funeral. So this guy's living the life of inventing the Melbourne Cup, the pallbearer for Burke and for, for Wills. So he keeps into things, but it turns out that he's so bad at running the police force. In one year alone, he had three parliamentary committees looking into corruption wow. in the police force, but he had a list of all the things that politicians had been up to. Right, yeah. Naughty things. Yeah, and so yeah. they, they kept part finding him innocent. Yeah, that's right. He then had to do security for the first ever royal to visit Australia from the member of the royal family, Prince Alfred, the Duke of Edinburgh. He was, he was the second son of Queen Victoria. Oh, my God. He wow. comes out and Standish has to look after him. So he's only fled. <laughs> he's taking Prince Alfred around as, yeah. and he takes him to the races. Of right. course. Yes. He then takes him to Sarah Mother Fraser's exclusive brothel. Of course he does. Takes him around Melbourne's brothels for the thing. <laughs> but this is the first. He's the chief commissioner. He's at the this chief point. commissioner. And they get along so well that they <laughs> spend all night at the Melbourne Club for the whole time Prince Alfred's here. He comes back. He goes to New Zealand and comes back to <laughs> hang out with Standish and gamble into the night. And they spend Christmas together. <laughs> then before we finish up, the finishing thing that gets him is he's the chief commissioner in charge of the hunt for Ned Kelly. Okay. Oh. And he does it so badly that Ned Kelly's on the run for two years and Standish stops the hunt at certain points because he's having to do the handicapping for the <laughs> Melbourne Cup. This is the greatest story ever told. This yeah, is a film. Melbourne Cup, Burke and Wills, royalty, yes. and then it's got Ned Kelly. And... The Royal Commission eventually finds that he's been completely negligent in his hunt for Ned Kelly, and that's why they were on the run so long. And he's gone. He stays on as head of the VRC, and he dies after 22 years of police commissioner. He dies um, at just uh, 58 years old of cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, wow. Because it was a man that lived. <laughs> this is the greatest story this is ever amazing. told. That's an Australian film. Yeah. I'm putting my hand up. For the role of Standish, <laughs> yes. that is a larger-than-life character. And when you think the Melbourne Club, with all its well-to-do-ness, yeah. uh, was ground zero for some of the most outrageous behaviour of all time. What a great time to live. Thank you very much, Titus, for the background. I can't believe <laughs> that's not taught in schools. That should be. Uh, my teacher, when we were winning the sweep, should have also told me all about Standish. <laughs> uh, is there a statue of him up anywhere? Well, no, but there is. On New Year's Day every year, the Standish Handicaps run at Flemington, which people have heard of but would never know no the well, actual story behind it. See you there, then we'll go back to the Melbourne Cup for a couple of <laughs> yeah, jars. <laughs> Good on you, Titus. Don't forget, cheap seats tomorrow night. See you guys. Oh, this is Malloy on Triple M. For the drive home... This is Malloy. We're streaming on the free listener app as well. Earlier in the show, we had Ian Beefy both. It might be a great chance to get out the podcast mentioned here, Mickey. So if you missed him earlier, because yep. he's going to be dominating Triple M cricket this year. Can't believe that. And um, while you listen to the podcast, give Dave's Corner, well, Dave's uh, corner. a look up oh, too. It's designed specially yeah. for podcast. It is, yeah. It's only a couple of minutes. I'm not going to uh, ask you what's on today. No, uh, really? Uh, no, just you need to know it. Yeah. Just understand download. it. Well, if you uh, download Malloy, uh, which of course you do with the podcast, it's just a bonus. It comes up in your feed automatically. So. Do it, idiots. Okay. Hey, coming up after this, it's Ross Noble. Driving you home. This, this is Malloy. Time to gather back around your wireless, people. Here comes the big second hour of Malloy. Got to be a cracker, Dave, on this yeah. Cup Eve special. Ross Noble, oh. not far away. I can't wait to find out where he is. We've missed him. He's been overseas for a while now. What's he been up to? Well, we'll find out in uh, just a few moments. And I don't know why it's back. Between the Sheets is going to get a run oh. after your disgraceful performance not on bad. the last edition. Not oh, between the sheets. Talk about kids in the car. Yeah. Well, you've been warned early, so we'll get the warning well, out early. Yeah. You behave. I you, will. Yeah. I'm on and notice. maybe an apology right off the top. I'm very sorry to the mums and dads and the kids listening. I'll, it will not happen again. I'll, I'll take warned. your calls and your tweets. Service right. to get through. Ross Noble coming up after this. It's Malloy on Triple M. Driving you home. This, this is Malloy. And it is a great day when we get to check in with one of our all-time favourites from Leeds in the UK. <laughs> it's Ross Noble on Malloy. He's in the middle of his UK tour oh, and Ross. he's taken time out of his schedule to talk to us. I am so 
Uh, delighted. Ross Noble, describe what's going on on the ground in Leeds, please. Oh, my Lord. I mean, uh, you can, out the window there, you can see the uh, you can see the British Telecom building in yes. all its grey glory. You can yep. see Tetley Tea, a neon sign. Oh, well. selling Tetley Tea oh. in the distance. Is um, it the home of Tetley Tea or yeah. is it just a... I'm going to say yes, I'm... Okay. I should have done some research, probably. Now, Leeds but... is Yorkshire, which has given us, what, yeah. the pudding, the pie, Yorkshire terrier. It's given us a terrier. <laughs> Terriers and puddings. And terriers and puddings. So that's something. Uh... And I, I follow there, my team, actually, my team. I used to. Right? Oh, it's a dream of mine. Is Ellen Road still their home ground, or did they burn that to the ground one day? Again, I'm going to say yes. I feel like I'm a <laughs> war correspondent who's literally been dropped. But the Yorkshire pudding is quite misleading, isn't it? It's, it's not a pudding not at a all. Pudding. It's a, it's, I think of it as an accompaniment to meat. You know, it's not often a pudding so, accompanies so Describe meat. what it is. It's, it's like a it's like a blood pudding, isn't it? Or... Oh, is it? No, Yorkshire puddings are sort of fluffy. I'm not going to use the word souffle. It's not a souffle. <laughs> it's it's just, it's. you know what it is? It's like a 3D pancake. That's what it is. A 3D it's a 3D pancake? pancake. Yeah. The, have you got a picture of it? I like it. What's that's the one that's got pudding. meat with pastry around it? Beef Wellington. Bang. There you go. There, there, you, there you go. go. And, of course, Wellingtons are the British equivalent of gumboots. That's right. So that can be confusing. It's, it's if you order a beef Wellington, you cut in Australia. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> be careful. You around get, a, a gumboot, yeah. Yorkshire pudding. Mm. Yes. Terrier. Yorkshire Terrier, yeah. Ripper. Yes, of course. It's famous for its rippers. You can't get, you walk out here, you can't get moved for rippers. And again, it's an Australian thing, whereas in Australia, if you say, oh, it's a ripper, Everyone, yeah. it's everyone Fantastic. loves it. Good Whereas thing. here, yeah. a ripper, very bad. Thing. No good. <laughs> Would they have a statue of the Yorkshire Ripper up there? Would that be in the, in the <laughs> centre square? Or? <laughs> he was a terrible, terrible serial killer. No, but what would be brilliant, I'd love to see, would hmm. be you know how uh, in Victorian times they would have the pie with the blackbirds baked into it. Yeah, that's right. Where of course. The inspiration for four and twenty, the yeah, four and twenty blackbirds baked into a pie. Oh, that's right. What if you were to go to a restaurant and you had a big Yorkshire pudding? It was served by a ripper, and out <laughs> jumped a terrier into your face. Oh I wasn't God. expecting that. <laughs> that's three Michelin hats for me, right there. It is. You've nutted it. You're, I said you were uh, on your stand-up tour. Mm. Tell me what the stand-up is like. We know it's your natural habitat and where you need to be. It's ground zero for you. Yeah. Back in your in your mother bosom, yes. in, oh, the UK. <laughs> how exciting yes. is it to be there right now performing? Well, you know what? The actual gigs are a lot of fun. Off stage, not a lot of fun. Okay. Because, uh, because what's happened is, and like you know, and it's sort of. COVID is, is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Out of control. Rampant, yeah. Running rampant, yes. There's a million people with COVID wow. at the moment. Wow. And okay. one in every 50 people. Now, look, that's just once everyone's vaccinated and that's the way that we return to normal life, that's all very well. Mm. But for me, I'm walking out like the last gig I did, I was in Bristol. There's 2,000 people. Statistically, 20 people have got COVID. Some of them might be asymptomatic. So, yeah, I've got uh, air conditioning that's blowing air from behind me into the audience. So, basically, whatever, people can wear masks if they want. Nobody's really wearing masks. So, yeah, so so every night's a super spreader event for me. And uh... And the last thing you want is a headline, three people dead after a tending Ross Noble gig. Uh, Track and trace isn't a thing. They've given it up. So there's no way. They completely botched it. So there's no way of me being... In any way linked to the like, but I, so basically, I'm spending my entire tour. I'm wearing a mask the whole time. Mm. We've created a tour bubble. I'm literally going from the hotel to the show, and then back to the hotel in the car to the next gig. Wow. So I'm not even outside. I'm literally because if I get the COVID, we have to shut down the whole tour. Oh, good and Lord. then if I get it in the last week of the tour. 
I won't be able to get back to Australia. So, yeah, at the moment, I feel like, you know, when you're in witness relocation <laughs> and you're not allowed outside. And luckily, like you're that. in Leeds, so there's nothing really to do outside. Yeah, exactly. It's a good place to be in lockdown. We'll be back with more Ross Noble in just a moment. It is Malloy on Triple M. A drive home that's pretty loose. This is Malloy. We're joined by Ross Noble from Leeds, which, by the way, is big home of one of the big music festivals in the UK. You have Reading and Leeds happens every year. It's Pardon nuts. me, you music specialist. Oh, so you're in a good spot there if you like your music. You mentioned that. the uh, I used to do the Leeds and Reading Festival. Oh, they have wow. a comedy Pardon? stage. Really? Yeah, there's a documentary, a brilliant documentary about the Dandy Warhols. And they were on stage playing the Reading Festival, yes. looking out from the stage, and you can see in the distance the tent where I was performing. No way! I, uh, I used to do it every year, and there was one year I was, uh, and it's a very noisy festival. Of course. And they said, okay, right, so you're on. I had a proper, decent peak time. Mm, and I yes. thought, oh, yeah, I've arrived here. And they go, uh, <laughs> and, uh, say, ladies and gentlemen, and it's rock and roll. Yeah. There's thousands of people, you know, big ten. Ladies and gentlemen, Ross Noble. And as I walked out in the distance, I ladies and gentlemen, rage against the machine. Oh, my God. And I walked on stage at exactly the same time as rage against the machine. The only wow. time that audience could hear what I was saying was they would finish a song and I'd yeah. go, anyway, here we go. <laughs> wow, done over by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Now, ordinarily when we've seen you, you've been in your bunker and you've always got so many exciting things mm. behind you or around you. Yeah. This isn't quite no. as... <laughs> Not the bunker. No. Can you describe where you are and what what's that? Yeah. Is it, all I can say is a lamp and half of a picture. It's, I mean, it's a terrible piece of hotel art. <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm going to go so far as to say it's a Rorschach test. It's one of those things where... It looks like yeah. it from here. So the problem with hotel art, isn't it? That, like, it's 500 rooms in a hotel, so yeah. you can't get anything no. too unique or anything that expensive. So someone somewhere mm. has to make a decision that that's okay, mm. can I have 500 of them? Mm. That's a big yeah. shop, yeah. isn't it? When you think well, about renovating yeah. your room or your mm. lounge room or something, having to go out and go... I'll have 500 of those. Yeah. I mean, the artist can't believe his luck. Or <laughs> sheets. You know. he's, he's got writer's cramp. He's, he's at home <laughs> painting like he, he can't believe. There's a great thing that uh, I discovered from bands. It's all, yeah. all a bit rock and roll today, isn't it? It's good. They take the picture off the wall and then graffiti behind the picture and then put it back on the wall. Oh. And then nobody knows that's what's happened. Now, this happened in, I was in Sydney. You you know the band The Darkness? Yes. Yes, fantastic. Justin, uh, the lead singer from The Darkness, was staying in the same hotel. Anyway, it all got very rock and roll, and we ended up in his room, and he went, that sounded wrong on many levels. There was a whole (laughs) bunch of us. I'm admitting this now, right? So he had this big fancy suite. And he says to me, goes, oh, you know that, like, on tour, we always take the pictures off the wall, graffiti behind them, and then put them back on the wall, right? And uh, I said, oh, that's brilliant. Let's do it now. (laughs) So we got, uh, so it was screwed to the wall. It's a huge piece of art. So we got uh, knives from the room service, and we unscrewed (laughs) the picture and took it off the wall. And then I had some Sharpies, and we Sharpied behind it, and we put the picture back on. As we were screwing on, we realised... (laughs) We'd gone outside <laughs> where the pictures were. So so there's just, you could see out the side. And then it's it's the least rock and roll thing anyone's ever done because we went, oh, no, we're going to get in trouble for this. And then we went, how are we going to get it off? I said, we need some white spirits or some terps or something. And I, went, oh, God. I went, hang on, you know what might work? Vodka. So we ended up, we ended up with vodka and toothbrushes Oh. Trying to brush the Sharpie off the wall. It starts off rock and roll, then it ends with <laughs> tiny cleaning. <laughs> well, can I tell you what I got told by rock and roll bands? Their hotel yeah. room hack is when they leave hotel rooms and they've got leftover drugs, mm. they leave it in the Gideon's Bible. And it's a well-known thing between rock bands. Right. A tip for the kids out there. <laughs> Next time you're in a hotel room, go straight to the Gideon's Bible and yeah. you never know if Joe Walsh has stayed in yeah. that hotel room, you're a fair chance. Well, those Gideon's Bibles, I used to do a thing, uh, my favourite thing, you know, staying in hotels a lot, 
is I would open up the Gideon Bible, get a pen, and in the front of it, I'd write, all the best, love God. <laughs> and then <laughs> sign cotton. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, you're amazing. That is, oh, that's mate. made my day. Hang Me about, too. Ross. So we want to talk to you about the Queen, amongst yeah, other things. Ross Noble with us. This is Malloy. We are joined by Ross Noble. Lots of fun from Monday afternoon on Malloy. We spent a lot of time on your hotel room date, but just before we yeah. leave it as a subject matter. Yeah. Here's another thing you may not know, Ross, but most hotels, international hotels, what they do is they start renovating from room one and they go through every room, every room, every room, and then they get to the last room, room 1312, right. and then they go back to room one. Oh, no kidding. It's a never-ending oh, cycle of going. renovation. So imagine your house mm. and you go, yeah. I might uh, just uh, do something with the lounge room, yeah. and then you move on to the kitchen and then you move on mm. – to the kids' yeah. room, and then you get to the end and you go, I'll go back and do the lounge room again. Seems right. excessive to me. But <laughs> I mean, it's... I don't know if they do it in Leeds, but... You've got to be on the right bit of the cycle, haven't you? Well, that's right. Yeah, you want to get to... it. Piping hot. Yeah. So, yeah. fun fact. Uh, now, talk about what's the Queen up to? Has she got health issues? You're <laughs> over there. Concerned. You're our man on the ground. Yeah. I'm yeah, hearing well, is... that she spent a night in hospital. I'm yeah. hearing she's got a walking stick. She's not allowed to walk on cobblestones. Ah. I mean, this does – I can see Prince Charles rubbing his hands together. <laughs> what's happening? Because that's the thing. I take no interest in the royals. No. I'm not bothered about them. And then all of a sudden, you get back here, yeah. and it's like there's a messenger on every corner. <laughs> yeah, what's her majesty up to? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, she was trying to pretend that she wasn't in hospital. Oh, she was right, sort of, right. this was the thing. It was like they tried to sneak her in and they said, yeah. oh, there's nothing wrong with her. She's just gone in for tests. Yeah. And then she stayed in for the night mm. and something's like, they're being a bit secretive about oh, yeah. You know what I think it is? I think she's pregnant. <laughs> That's what I think it is. If you've got the money, you can make anything happen. And I think that he's gone, hasn't he? You know, he's gone. She's single. She's probably on Tinder. I think she's gone out there. I think she's made a few mistakes. I think what it is is that she's planning to have Prince Andrew assassinated. So she's just replacing him with a new child. If she was pregnant, what heir, what number would that be to the throne? Does it supersede anything? Is he the latest, you know, hot off the press? Does he go to number one? I mean, what's mm. the deal? If she had a boy, then it was, it's the eldest. It's the el- Oh, no, hang on. Because then it would be the youngest child. Yeah. I've mm. let you down as a royal correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good to be number three or four. Number one, no good, because yeah. you're too close to the action. Yeah, you're right. not going to get away with much. No. But if I was, say, I'd be happy with third, mm. third in line to the throne, Mickey, Fourth in line to the throne, I could live with that. And yet you're kind of far enough back not to be under the real microscope, yeah. but still, yeah. you know, not yeah. having to queue up at nightclubs is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. I mean, third in line for a long time, you've described Prince Harry, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you also were caught playing billiards naked once. <laughs> that's the Harry I love and I miss. Yeah. I remember Harry. Yes. Right, when, when he'd go, they'd go, oh, Harry's off on another royal visit. Yeah. Where is it? Cancun. <laughs> and you'd yeah. go, everyone else would be with natives in the wild, yeah. kind of wearing hats made out of beaks yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, you go, no, 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 Harry's in Cuba. <laughs> Harry's royal touring arrangements were world's best practice. Yeah. He would go to Vegas and play nude billiards. Where the hell? Mm. Is yeah. that young man gone? But you know what, though? I think he's just happy that he doesn't have to wear the beak hat because that's <laughs> the, you know, yeah. when people say, oh, we should get rid of the royal family, you know, like I say, I'm no royalist, mm. yeah. but that's what they're for. I swear that there's tribes around the world that literally invent those dances. <laughs> like when they say, they go, all right, here comes, here comes Charles, right? What are we going to do? Grab some beaks. <laughs> Make some dirt pants. And then they go, right, come on, make up a dance. And then the way that they sort of, they have to dance in the face of Prince Charles and Charles has to stand there and you either 
don't join in at all, which I think sometimes is better, or make an effort to get involved. The Queen never gets involved. But I just think they're laughing their heads off good. Do another beak dance. Prince Charles moves in for the customary licking of the cheek and the snap in the ass with a wet towel. That would be it. But my point, Ross, is in the old days, and this is the problem with being a royal today. But in the raw yes. old days, it was a good position. Mm. Don't yeah. like your your partner? Cut the head off. I'll, <laughs> I'll do it eight times. Yeah. You could eat a chicken bone or a yeah. turkey bone with your hand Snap it off. wearing yes. a dress. Yeah. Don't like religion? I'll start my own. That's right. Do you know what I'll do? Yeah. It's all the perks. Yeah. Now you don't have any of the perks no. but all the hassle. You say that. I reckon Prince Andrew would disagree with that. <laughs> I think he's got away with a few things that possibly a regular a regular person a might have been investigated over slightly earlier. You might be it's right. It's not a chicken leg <laughs> from the hand. But I tell you what. He's going okay. A few strings might have been pulled. <laughs> I've got you know? your list here. We, we're running out of time, but I just it sounds very hoity, just like the hoity-toity tour. This one, you, look, the Royal Concert Hall, oh, Nottingham, wow. the Forum, yeah. the Liverpool Empire, the Opera House, the Buxton Opera House, the, the Glasgow King's Theatre. Oh, I mean, these are very highfalutin. Bloody hell. Very roll out the red carpets. These royals, the kings and the royals and all that, I think after this conversation, I might be down to play Burnley Mechanics. <laughs> 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 well, even there, you would shoot the lights yeah. out. Come home safely, yeah, please. Because you. you're a national treasure in two countries mm. now. We need you back here at some stage. Thanks for your time today, mate. Always a pleasure. I'll speak to you soon. All right, Ross Noble, it's Malloy on Triple M. Get with the program, Toots. This is Malloy. Close the curtains. Fluff up the pillows. Lock the kids in their room. It's time to get sexy between the sheets. Here we go, yeah. uh, kids in the car. This does get a bit ripe. On this very segment last time, uh, Dave made the claim that he was hard as a rock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in what can Mate, I, hard as a rock. Uh, can only be considered a low point for this show. I'm sorry, guys. Radio in general. Yeah. And uh, people who enjoy entertainment. I won't be putting that on my resume mm-hmm. or my audition. Here time. we go. Now, listen to this. Some big stories. Whitney's joined us too. Oh, uh, we need to I? hear from <laughs> the ladies. Yeah, we need your perspective. Scientists have found a connection between nose size and penis size. No kidding. Said me, big nose Malloy. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you do have a fair conk, do you? have a big conk. Yeah. yeah. And I'm wearing clown shoes. <laughs> I've been told that's a factor. <laughs> As well. Oh, good for you. Well, well, you've all seen it. What do you think? <laughs> I have not and don't plan oh, on it. Come on. I've seen your moon bloody Lemo's kid the other day, but I've nothing else. Uh... I, I mooned Lemo's kid and his kid. Uh, let's just... almost, I almost had to give him a, uh, <laughs> a resuscitation. Him... He didn't know what was happening. He needed a cuddle. <laughs> he did. His he... eyes. Um, so, uh... so tell me about your nose association. But they call me Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> do they? They do. Well, you know, if you've got a big nose, you've got a big dick. Is oh, pretty oh, much wow. uh, the medical advice. I always thought it was between the pu- the thumb and the pinky. You, you spread your hand out. That's the length. I've never heard that. You, heard that one. You've been using all of those. <laughs> well, on, you must be set. in trouble then, Nick. Well, I must be massive. With that massive schnoz. <laughs> Okay, you don't need so that. I don't see. I don't know whether that's a compliment or a go at me. <laughs> it's but both. Now, it's both. now <laughs> I can say uh, anyway. It's it is true. I may have to go in for more nose reduction surgery, <laughs> ladies. If you know what <laughs> I mean. Where do they do these studies, by the way? Like, how do you find that? Who volunteers? It's like to someone go... with a giant nose. <laughs> 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 Cyrano de Bergerac has just done a study <laughs> yeah. that says, hey, it's a good story. Now, Gerard let's go to Spain. Spain's disgraced former king, listen to this, was injected with female hormones to Kirby's sex drive. No kidding. Uh, king Juan Carlos mm. I was injected with female hormones as his rampant sex drive was a danger to the state, the country's most infamous police chief. Oh, my God. claimed, now, if you're king... Of a country like Spain, which is full of hotties. Of course. Permission to go no, on a you'd rampage. Think so, wouldn't you? I wouldn't be going, oh, no, uh, I'm the king. Give me hormones. Oh, I'm a bit horny. Yeah. You better better, better juice me with some female. That's right. Some, what's that? Estrogen. Estrogen. 
Yeah. Yes. All right. And feel the estrogen in the room oh, right now. I know, right? Get stuffed. <laughs> Jeez, looks could kill. <laughs> king Juan. I mean, you're the king of Spain. I think it's your job to put I it mean, about a bit. I mean, he's 70 years old. I think people were probably slapping him away. You know what? I don't think so. I think he's uh, all rise. <laughs> the King Juan. How big's Juan's nose? If it was how many chins <laughs> that counted, he would be have a massive one. Uh, but I don't think so. What about you, Dave? How's your sex drive? What are you talking about? I'm I don't just asking know. a genuine question. That's oh, all right. Standard, I would have thought. Whitney, you've always been a bit frigid. <laughs> I'm not frigid. I'm just going that is such a 1980s kind of term, frigid. Look, it's it's taken a a pause Has for the it? last two years. Well, there's been a, a menopause. <laughs> no, or just not menopause. A pause. How dare you? I'm Wait. young. Mm. I'm young. I just you know. so is it like you in a bit of a uh, dry spell, form slump? <laughs> Don't say dry, dry spell. Form. That sounds terrible. Oh, well, right. it's true. Like a form slump. Yeah, I guess so. Well, it's hard, you know. We've been in lockdown. Right, I've been in the country, down. you know. But now we're open. Watch out, boys. Really? Did you get... I'm <laughs> back. You, the bitch is back. Warned. Yeah. <laughs> you're warned. You're on the he's uh, up and about. You're on the, the apps, though. No, aren't I'm you? not. Got off him. Well, get on back look, on them. Let then. me tell you, the slim pickings in in Canton. Oh. No offense, everyone. All right. <laughs> no offense. You've just slagged <laughs> off everyone. Every who lives single in person. Kyneton. All the dudes out there. Who's well, a hottie? I've who's grown a hottie in all, So it's not name the same. a hottie in Kyneton. We'll get him on. No. Because you were going to be the Miss Daffodil. That's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, that not not voluntarily. That was something you were going to put to. Mm. I think we're done here. <laughs> oh, that, that's it. You. If anyone can help Whitney out, no, I'm sorry. We're not taking calls. And on Dave, what about you? Because you don't. What? Seemed to me to be, uh, you know, like a, a very. I'm virile. Virile man. Of course, work. I'm virile. You feel like you put the cue back in the rack Not a while a chance. ago. Look How at often me. would you have sex? Oh, I don't want to know uh, this. I look at Dave like an uncle or with someone else uncle. involved or a brother. I'll say brother. thank you. Uh, a couple of times a week, throw the leg out. What about you, Mick? How you know, often are you? You know, I'm as um, six hard as a rock. You know, six times today. Okay. And no one else involved. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's done. A drive home that's always unpredictable. This is Malloy. Oh, this cup eve, thanks to Ladbrokes. Wow. And you can Ladbroke at this spring carnival. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Where we are on the eve of the Ooh. biggest race in Australia, one of the biggest in the world, yeah. and you are a prize dick <laughs> if you don't have the greatest app ever devised in your hand. Yes. Right now. Oh, mate. It's the Ladbrokes app. It's been souped up. It it's has. Been, uh, it's been pimped out. It really has. It, it really looks amazing. Has. So what they've done, if you've already got the Ladbrokes app, what you should do is make sure you've got the latest version. So just hit refresh and get the latest, because you don't want to miss out, because it's the fastest ever. Uh, and you can have your blended bets or, or your same race multis. That's it. It's a great time to get on board, and you should take it from me, because, mm-hmm. well, Dave, I am a, not only a keen punter and a fan of uh, Ladbrokes' work, yeah. I'm also a respected Colourful racing identity. What do you really? Oh, sorry, Dave. Put your hand up here if you've starred <laughs> in an Australian film about the track "Rides Like a Girl." Ride like a girl. Ride, like whatever. Movie, yeah. <laughs> Where I play a trainer, a kind of Peter Moody type. Is that right? And yeah. sort I, of gruff. I've got a kind of gruff man. Uh, of the people. I'm there, but I'm a real insider. Yeah, right. And my character would have used the Ladbrokes. Oh, for of sure. Course. And as someone who's much beloved in the industry, just a movie with um, Sam O'Neill. But, uh, Sam Neill. Sam Neill. He's, he's in a couple of scenes. He's, oh, you know what he did? What? He tried to steal it. <laughs> he tried to steal oh, it. He, he got is to the, the market. Uh, he's a bit hammy. <laughs> Whereas he? I was doing a kind of very <laughs> More method. Sort of, sort of Shakespearean. Shakespearean. Yeah, okay. Wait till you see my nude scene. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't ask me to do it. <laughs> I just took all my clothes off. Because Sam uh, Neill played Paddy Payne, well, didn't he? Let's just say some of the horses <laughs> were going, oh, check on. it out. Idiot. Have we got a scene of any of the magic of me from a Rides Like oh, a Girl? Ride like, like, a girl? like a Girl? Sure. This is you on the silver screen. How'd she run? Yeah, clean of the wind. Big, strong action on the straight. All right, we'll take her around again. Easy. Another pain, eh? Yeah. Is that tap ever going to be turned off? Oh, I'm still an apprentice, but I'm happy to ride. For How's your dad? <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah, good. Say good day to him for me. Oh, well done. It was hard for me to play a kind of uh, misogynistic, <laughs> creepy, <Overweight>. older. <laughs> I put on 40 pounds for the role, Dave. Oh, is that right? Dave, Dave did not ask me to, again, <laughs> but I just did. 
It there I was. Uh, that was me and Michelle talking to Michelle Payne, Payne. who was yes. trying to get a ride. Yeah. We actually spoke to the real Michelle Payne. Melbourne here. Cup winning jockey. That's it. You're going to pick your jockeys oh, tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, here she was on our program. Michelle, how's your weight? Oh, beg your pardon. <laughs> this is a rare opportunity to ask a woman about her weight. <laughs> it's going pretty well, actually. I've been uh, working very hard on the farm, so it keeps my weight in check. And. Um, yeah, I'll be all right for victory. What a sensation. It's a rare opportunity to be able to ask about I weight. I, I always think mm. uh, that was always the trouble with women jockeys because we know they lie about that. <laughs> you go, how much are you in it? 54, come on. Yeah. Be honest. <laughs> Asking a woman to get on the scales. I know. Is the most, name I've, me another time in the world, exactly. apart from immediately after a horse race, right now, you could say, hey. Not uh, a chance. Toots, Jump get on. on the scales, please. You go, mm, bit heavy. Racing. <laughs> the... <laughs> the Ladbrokes oh, app Ladbrokes. will be this is your the time star. To shine. Yes, yes, there's horses. Yes, there's trainers. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a lot going on. But the Ladbrokes app, without doubt, right now, it's your day to shine. This is it. Come no on. better time. Ladbroke at this spring carnival. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. It's Malloy on Triple M. Driving you home. This, this is Malloy. A big show. What a lineup. Titus O'Reilly. Beefy. And Ross Noble, uh, what a trifecta at this time of the year. Box them up and you've got a winner. Just before we go, we have to mention the sad passing of an industry legend and uh, one of the greats of comedy and live entertainment. And for anyone who's had the opportunity to do live TV, as, as I have, you know just what a giant Bert Newton was. And uh, what a thorough inspiration he was to so many people, especially me. I do remember watching him on my lounge room floor, Don Lane show and so many others and Graham Kennedy clips and it just inspired me to kind of get involved. So Valet, Bert Newton, the best in the business. Here's a a couple of moments. You, You can't condense such a mighty career into minutes, but here's just a couple of moments. To enjoy. Cheers. I've compared this program now for 13 years. They're looking to do it until I get it right. And, um... You've done this before? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't think so, would you? <laughs> With him, you've got to laugh and then sit back a little bit. Tonight, we're very excited about the Logies because for the very first time, they're not fixed. No, no, no. Oh, my heart's jumping up and down. Well... On both sides, I mentioned. No wonder Molly Boulder really fancied me. <laughs> we had a good thing going, and then Elton John came to town. The whole thing was. Uh... I like the boy. He's a. Did you say Roy or Boy? I like the boy. Is something wrong with saying that? Roy. Yeah. Hey, hang on, hang on. No. Boy. I'll change religion, I'll do anything for it. I don't care. Bert Newton finally went to the doctor last week who scheduled the quadruple bypass immediately. And I said, uh, you know, what's the percentage of uh, things going wrong? And my surgeon, who was a wonderful man, said, well, if there is a chance, it's about 15%. And I thought, oh, well, 15%. If it's good enough for Channel 10, it's good enough for me. So I decided to go away. This is the moment now. When we do say goodbye. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. This has been the Malloy Tribe Show podcast. Putting a bet on with Ladbrokes is as fast as tap, tap, boom. Campbell responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.